It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb broadcasting live outside IG Field right next to the Bomber Store. And uh, I'm woefully underdressed. Oh. I'm dumb. I am dumb. I, I took a chance and wore shorts, and I am frozen. I pulled up with my car this morning, saw you standing there in your shorts, and I thought, oh, no, as I reached for a kid's blanket, <laughs> like from the baby bag from, like, 2012 that's been in my car for years, and pulled out a Mickey Mouse <laughs> blanket because it is uh, – we're going to have to do a third temperature, the Forks, the airport, and IG Field. Well, this is – oh, there we go. This is um, – an exercise in humility because we're we're not even good enough to get past the front gate here. <laughs> <laughs> we're just out here hanging out with uh, the statue of Bud Grant outside the Blue Bomber store. But uh, looking forward to uh, seeing some of the players, some of the staff already walking in, getting ready for day two of training camp as the Blue Bombers look to recapture some of the magic of previous seasons and cap things off with the Grey Cup, their third and fourth years. Derek Taylor will join us later on this morning. We'll talk with uh, one of the people that really make things work around here, Carol Barrett. She's an absolute legend. She takes care of season tickets and ticketing issues. I don't, I've never known her last name. Like she's so well known. It's like, Oh, you should just talk to Carol, Carol in the, the bombs, bombs office. Yeah. She's fantastic. So <laughs> we'll visit with her a little bit later on this morning. And what are we doing at seven o'clock? Well, we have some questions about the field because I, you know, a few weeks ago we did a great show from Canada Life Center to talk about the jets and we talked to the ice guy and I thought we should visit with the equivalent of the field person. Uh, their name is Linda, and I was wondering what goes into turf, because your assumption might be, well, you don't have to pull it a mower, you're not like trimming the trimming around the edges or anything, but there's got to be things that go down that you have to do to maintain it. What about when it's weather conditions? Sure. How do you paint on it? I have all sorts of questions for her, so that's just after seven. And well, should we go back to the astroturf? <laughs> <laughs> you can ask that question. <laughs> I think I know the answer, but of course, this field is home to three different teams: U of M Bisons, the the Valor FC, and then of course the Blue Bombers. So there are all sorts of considerations on that front in terms of painting lines and getting rid of lines. And then with this turf, you might sometimes notice when the when the players get tackled, they sometimes get up and they've got black specks on their jerseys and sometimes on their faces. Mm-hmm. It's shredded rubber that's inside the the grass that they sprinkle on the grass i call them microbeads like you know from your face wash which i know that's not what they are (laughs) that might be what they call them (laughs) but i'm gonna ask linda what they're called because i've been on that tour before where you run and they bounce off your feet and you're like what are these microbeads and then i start exfoliating after with them (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding but that's what they remind me of This actually, right now, as, I, as I'm sitting here shivering, uh, this reminds me of going to, I think it was the Banjo Bowl in 2019. It was a nice day, but it was just a touch on the cool side. So I, had on, I wore a T-shirt that day, and by halftime, I was dying, desperate to warm up. So I went into the bomber store, and, and I think half the stadium was in the same boat as me, not prepared for the fact that it was a little bit cooler and jackets and sweaters were flying off the shelves. That's how they get you. Hoodies abound that day. This is the day. This is a perfect day. So moms, dads, caregivers, remind your kids not to leave their hoodies on the sports fields or just laying around because this is one of those prime days where you need a sweater on the way to school. And by first recess or by lunchtime, it's going to be scorching hot. Get rid of my sweater. I don't know where I left it. 
and tears will be, you know, part of the part of the formula and part of the story today. So remind your kids, don't leave your hoodies behind because it's a perfect day for losing your hoodie today. Yeah. So well, lots to discuss on the Bombers. And, Greg, you mentioned Valor FC. We have two tickets to give away today for Valor FC versus Pacific FC. That's for Saturday, May 20th. And we also have two tickets for Shania Twain. That was last night. What kind That's of prize right. the, is that? The first show was last night, wasn't it? Okay. November 7th. Oh, okay. We got tickets to give away for that. She just couldn't stay for one more night. She's going to go around the world and come back in November. Yeah, All I right. guess so. Yeah. Whatever works. That's good. I heard it was a great show for I anyone that was there. She put on a fantastic show. So one of our listeners who won tickets through us uh, tweeted us to say that he had a fantastic time there last night. Right on. That's great. So we'll give those tickets away a little bit later on this morning. We should just give you a heads up. We have sort of like semi-limited access to our text line today at 204-780-6868. You can still feel free to shoot us a text. We've got it on our phones, but uh, no no computers here. So that will make it just a touch more difficult. But we I also want a big thanks to engineer Mike Geisen, who's sitting beside us, who got it, who's here before us, got everything set up. Say and some words for the people, Mike. <laughs> Let the words. people hear you. There you go. Oh, oh, Mike. Some words. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Uh. Uh, I asked for that. It's not what I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you do, you do very well. Well, the, the other thing that Loren just asked you to do, maybe not so much. And coming up at 935, <laughs> Mr. Greg, we, uh, you know, we were talking last week. I've already forgotten the topic, but uh, something about vacations. or mm. I, guess, I, I can't even remember what it was now. I don't All-inclusive vacations oh, yeah, that sorry. you'd like to do, or would you like them to create a vacation that you could not have to stress about? So go down the river with your boat and your food all paid for. A safari. Someone mentioned they had gone to Egypt and done the Nile. 9.35, it sort of ties into that because they have some incredible packages. Big, big-time adventure in Tanzania, I think, as I called it once upon a time. <laughs> Tanzania, the Sheer Lodge, and their connection to Winnipeg. <laughs> Shirley Peters is a bundle of energy. She is an absolute firecracker. We have uh, her and or her husband, Daryl. Their love story is fascinating yeah. on its own. And then this adventure that they're on in Africa and have been for almost a decade now. Uh, they are doing some incredible things, and they love to welcome Manitobans to Africa. So we will visit. Actually, Shirley's going to come down and say hi to us here at IG Field. Come hang out and let us know what they've got in store, including... Uh, you've ever wanted to climb Kilimanjaro? Oh, wait, you probably have. No, but I have wanted you, to. Oh. <laughs> like, that's one of the things you say, and then you're like a quarter way up the mountain, and you're like, whose idea was this? Like, what am I doing here? But yes, I have always wanted to do Woefully that. unprepared, exactly. not the right jacket, exactly. not the right boots, yes. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb broadcasting live outside IG Field, right next to the Bomber Store this morning, and that is going to inspire our, our conversation this morning on times you were woefully underdressed or perhaps overdressed in my case underdressed i i was when, as i was getting ready to leave this morning i looked at the weather and thought i think i can get away with shorts and uh when i got here engineer mike says you are not dressed for this <laughs> and i said ah, i think i'll be okay and like look it's we're not I'm not freezing, but I am shivering because I'm wearing shorts and sandals. And the jacket that I wore, it's a Blue Bombers, like, sort of pullover 
zip like a hoodie from uh, from our friends at Zwicke, but it's, it's really thin. thin. Yeah, it's thin. It's not warm. So I I screwed up. It's a fa- <laughs> I did not come prepared today. It's a fashion statement. I've got the same I've got the same hoodie. Yeah, and it is not built for warmth. It looks very good on you. Yeah, I love it. But it's not keeping you warm. No, at all. So I've got a blanket that Greg found in his car wrapped over my knees. I'm my grandpa. I keep a blanket in my uh, trunk now, just in case I have to carry anything that might have dirt on it or might damage something or roll around. i got to have a blanket to wrap it in. That's why you have it. Oh, funny, you are a grandpa. Of the the trunk. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) So you can you can feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868. We normally will invite you to text us for a chance to win the prize. And we've got a good one today. We've got Shania Twain tickets to give away uh, for November 7th. And we'll still do the, that at 9.15, but uh, we're not going to judge it on the texts that you shoot us this morning. But feel free to weigh in. And let's uh, head back to the studio and find out about Cameron Poitras. What is your woefully underdressed or overdressed story. Well, when you live the sandals lifestyle, you have to accept that you're going to have cold <laughs> toes in the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, but you have to power through it. Um, it's a very important part of, of being a part of this group. and Of developing uh, those summer feet. Developing the summer feet. You have to just accept that. Listen, if you're going to maximize your time in the summer uh, without socks, you have to ensure that you're, you're dealing with some cold feet in the beginning. So I've been dealing with that. But uh, again, that's a, that's a labor of love. I, I was backpacking through Europe, and, and it was February. But it, as you kind of go through Europe, it's... You know, there's some cold days, you'll, you'll find snow, and then you'll go to other places, and it'll just get hot. So I was constantly under or overdressed everywhere I went. And so basically, I, I and because I was just walking, I, I had a backpack, and I couldn't carry every, you know, I, I, I tried to, like, I couldn't have everything in the backpack, so I wore lots of stuff. So I was constantly shedding layers. I had, like, <laughs> one time I had three, sh- like, sweaters wrapped around my wrapped around my, ra- uh, my my waist because I just was, like, it was so cold in the morning. And then by the, ho- by the end of the day, and I couldn't go back to my hotel because the other side of town or my hostel. So I just probably looked, I just looked, like, so decrepit and, and like, wearing 15 different types of layers. It was just, it was something. It was a constant problem that I had to deal with when I was, when I was over there. Yeah, that's fair, and I think that's part of the that's part of the challenge we sort of face every day with the you know the, these early morning hours because it might be cold in the morning, and then by the time we leave, uh, you know we don't need the the jacket or the yeah. sweater, or maybe I w- I wanted to change from jeans into shorts. I don't know. There's a guy in Vancouver ran the marathon the other day in 120 t-shirts. In, why? To set a. a Guinness Book of World Records. Good, good he for was him. wearing Just 120 because. t-shirts. Why is that even a record? Like, why is that a thing someone out there is like, I'm going to want, you know what? I'm going to run one with 121 next year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the half marathon world record is 120 t-shirts. The full marathon record is 81 t-shirts. Okay. Last week in Vancouver. All right. I don't know why you would want to do that, but do I guess you, you want to get in the Guinness Book. No, he ran it. If you want to get in the Guinness Book of World Records, you got to do something goofy, I guess. Couldn't do it by being fast, right? So <laughs> right. put on a 121 shirt. Or be the fastest it. guy with the craziest impediment ever. Self-imposed <laughs> impediment ever. Uh, Sarah McCarthy, what about you? Well, anyone that knows me knows you'll see me in a blanket or trying to keep warm in the newsroom during these early Plus morning hours. that heat hours. thing you yeah. have on your desk. Yes. What is that and crazy lamp? It's just like a little tiny heater that maybe, tiny we're not, maybe, heater. maybe we're not supposed to have. I don't know. It was here when I started. So <laughs> that's what 
That the is street true. lights in downtown Winnipeg <laughs> flicker when you fire that thing. Out. <laughs> I think you so swiped it. I, I think you swiped it from Skylar Peters too, didn't you? Yeah, it's, it's a sharing. It's not even yours. It's a sharing item. Sure. But no, um, just going to the driving range earlier this year. It was probably a month ago at this point. So I thought, oh, the sun is shining. It's so warm. Not the case. I was not dressed properly, but it was still fun. Suffered through it, but it was fun. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what about you, Jeff Forte? Well, mine, like, I wasn't dressed down. I was dressed quite nicely, actually. It was about seven years ago for our Christmas party, and I was wearing, you know, black dress pants, white dress shirt, and a black vest. And so I was looking pretty good, but uh, the problem was we were at Bailey's in the exchange, and I didn't notice that... Uh, I looked exactly like all the bartenders. They're all dressed exactly the same. <laughs> and they'd, come, they'd, they'd be coming up to me and going, uh, excuse me, you're supposed to be doing this. And I'd turn around and go, oh, wait, you don't work here. And like, everyone was just like, you should be behind the bar. But yeah, I, just, I, I looked exactly like a bartender. You also sound like you're getting ready for a snooker tournament in that, in that outfit. Or that too. You're like, that's the scene from The Office, because I always bring it back to that, where they go to a corporate party at the boss's house, and Michael Scott's dressed just like the waiters, and so he makes forces Dwight to share swap suits with him, so he doesn't look... <laughs> like that one, is, in his words, that would be so embarrassing, yet he's the one that did it. So. What a, Mackling, what about you? Seattle, Washington uh, would have been... I think it was Grey Cup Sunday of 2000. I was in Seattle to go and see Sammy Hagar on the Sunday night, but on Sunday afternoon, my brother and I went to see the Broncos and the Seahawks at University of Washington Stadium, and it was about two or three degrees, and it wasn't me who was woefully underdressed. It was my brother. He had a leather jacket on. It was raining, and I've often said, you know, those those days around zero on either side of zero on the west coast are as cold or colder than minus 20 or minus 25 in the sunshine because well, it's humid right oh yeah and it just gets right into you so i gave my brother my very nice winter jacket went and bought a seattle seahawks starter jacket that i've been promising to give to skylar peters for about three years now but i can't bring myself to do it because i love that jacket too much well and he's got a he's got a beautiful uh starter parka anyway for the seahawks doesn't he yeah he does but i think he covets this one that i that i wear from time to time oh yeah 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 anything seahawks that's fair and uh loren what about you phoenix arizona 2011 my oldest was three months old and i decided i was going to travel while on maternity leave use all my aeroplan points and was going to arizona and you know how you just pick a destination and you assume it's arizona it's going to be hot like Mm. it's hot it's arizona and i only pack shorts, and I think the warmest we saw was 17, oh and that my. was maybe for a few hours. What month was Because this? February, so it's also the desert, and it was actually a colder than normal, and my, my in-laws were camping. Great, we had a great time, but it was a bonfire, like, you know, hoodie and jeans type scenario, and I had a newborn, and I was just cold all the time. Just dumb. Just assumed it was going to be hot. <laughs> you know? Did you have to go shopping? I think I There's no downside. To, There's no downside to that. No, no, I know. But it's just the stupid things you do. Feel free to weigh in at 204-780-6868. Is today your story? <laughs> today, I, I had a different one. I can share a different one after. Um, and I, I'm just thinking about my trip to Seattle as well. And didn't matter what we wore. It was I was frozen on that at that game as well.
15 degrees. I don't buy it. We're all sitting out here shivering outside IG Field, wrapped in blankets. You're not the only one in shorts, though. Players are showing up in their shorts, <laughs> Like right? the shorts, too. Celtics. Willie's big got, win yesterday. Willie's got his uh, Celtics gear on here. <laughs> Air Jordans, Bart Simpson. What's Is that an official Bart Simpson, Willie? All right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> They're green, though. Uh-oh. Rough Rider green. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the green shorts rolling up, and I, 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 Mackling was getting his hackles up a little bit. Like, yeah, but Willie <laughs> will wear green from time to time. He's worn, I think, his Edmonton jersey in Edmonton and his Saskatchewan jersey in Saskatchewan. Still, I'm uncomfortable with all of that, but it's Willie Jefferson, so you best not argue <laughs> with him. <laughs> So, yeah, we're broadcasting live outside IG Field as Bomber Training Camp is underway. We're right next door to the Bomber Store if you want to come and say hi. And, uh, Loren, we want to learn right now about what it go- goes into taking care of the field. Well, Wendy- Willie will be down on the field later this morning, but with us now is also Linda McClausland, Field Operations Manager. I can't get over how many people are here this early in the morning to get things going for camp and also once it's game days. I'm sure there's a lot of pre-operation stuff that has to go down. But the one thing I was thinking of with turf – is the assumption that it must be easier to take care of because you don't have to constantly cut and mow and watch the length. But I'm wondering if that's true. What goes into just making sure the turf is game ready? Good morning. Thanks for having me. So basically, we do uh, some turf maintenance. We groom it, uh, especially after the spring. The the ground is still kind of rough. We're combing it, grooming it. Like um, combing it with a yeah, comb? Like what kind we of have comb? A, we have a machine that rakes it, um, really gets in there to break up the infill as it uh, compacts over the season. Um, so once the guys do get out there, it's, you know, cushiony and ready for them. We add infill as we lose it over the winter time when we're removing snow off the field. I try to keep those levels of snow um, down to a minimum so that once spring hits, soccer's biting to get on the field to practice and also play. So there is lots of maintenance, grooming um, in different directions, just bringing those fibers back to life. Hmm. So the fibers of the, the field, uh, every blade, as the defense likes to say, they defend every blade of grass. But what about those little microbeads, as Loren was calling them? I know them that's not their name. Earlier. <laughs> I mean, you see them around the, the stadium. I think there's one corner. Like the bag is like uh, seven humans large. It's a gigantic bag. What's in that bag and the, those little pellets that, that I'm assuming keep the field somewhat bouncy and and softer and and uh more comfortable to play on for sure those that's infill so it's a crumb rubber recycled uh car tires that's put in the field um in addition to a bit of uh silica sand mix to provide that bounce um over time it compacts so we keep adding it we keep losing it um it's just a natural cycle with a turf field so a hairstylist might go home and have hair all over them as someone who works at a beach might be covered in sand you find yourself going home with those little beads of rubber in your boots sir absolutely in season my <laughs> office floor is covered in infill as i'm changing my painting shoes to my regular shoes <laughs> i get home and empty my shoes into a bucket and yeah they they're all over is it stressful when it when there's a big rainstorm? Hundred percent. My, you know, our job is leading up to a game day. You know, you've got your minus three to one list, as we call them, so that you're not leaving all your tasks all in one day or leaving it leading up to the game. Um, we 
I stress about the weather. Um, I have rely heavily on the weather. I plan around the weather because painting the field has to be done. The show must go on. Well, so. and there's multiple teams using this facility, right? So transferring Absolutely. from soccer to football. Uh, I don't know if there's any difference between the, the lines that are painted for university versus CFL football, but there's that transformation to try and make that soccer pitch look like a soccer pitch, not a makeshift soccer pitch on a football field. And, and that's an art. Right, so coming up to our home opener um, on June 4th to Friday, we turn that field around overnight. Um, the next day, do a whole sideline conversion, goalposts come out, soccer nets go in, lines get scrubbed, uh, soccer lines get painted, and we change to soccer by Sunday. So it is a tight turnaround. Um, again, weather plays a prominent factor in this all, as I can remove lines in the rain, I just can't paint in the rain. You can paint in the rain, but uh, some of those equipment managers don't like me after that because <laughs> the paint does transfer and it is water-based so that it's easier to come off when we do have to convert. We talk about the reputation of fans here being so wonderful and, of course, the stadium being like just one of those things that draws people in. I'm curious if you look for, like, say, the ice guys of the NHL having the reputation of the turf. Do you want to hear back from the players saying, oh, that field was excellent today or it really worked well for me? Do you get that kind of uh, information from them? I always love to hear the feedback, whether it's negative or positive. Um, I strive to make sure that that field is up to... Uh, player standards um, in terms of safety, um, how they like it, and making sure that coach is happy. So where do you stand on a game day? Are you like in the back? Are you on the field? Where where do you find yourself? I'm a behind the scenes kind of girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, not a lot of people, the fans see the show, the fans see the game, um, but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in all departments. So we just do basically what we need to do in terms of um, helping out with whether there's issues, helping out in other areas that need um, assistance and just troubleshooting timelines for you we're up against the clock but i do have to ask what's the life expectancy on a on a field like this because i think the old winnipeg stadium they had that turf in there for about 30 years i know it wasn't it just seemed like it what's the life expectancy here yeah we're reaching that um 10 years is usually uh, life expectancy of a turf however depending on the activity so we do have soccer we do have um, cfl football we have university football university soccer we have amateur football games uh, rug, not rugby, but other other sports that like to use our field, um, flag football. So that foot traffic really diminishes the fibers and the use of the field. So we're reaching that. At we're, least it's at least it's not that astroturf though. That oh. stuff must have been brutal, especially in that cold gray cup to be tackled on that. Mm. I can't. I can't even like imagine. Like a parking lot. Like, yeah. That. <laughs> Well, Linda, thank you for your early start this morning for being here, for getting your crew. It's not just the field stuff. She's pointing out to the new crosswalk lines in blue and white uh, on the road there. It's all things in and around the stadium you do. So think painting. Other duties (laughs) as a sign. Linda, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Now that training camp is underway for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, how excited are you for football season? Cast your vote at cjob.com. Mr. Greg Mackling, to whom is sitting right directly left to you? Well, he's uh, one of the best uh, players in the Canadian Football League, definitely one of the most marketable players in the Canadian Football League. And I think we count him now as a Winnipegger, do we not? Willie Jefferson, welcome to the start. Good to see you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah, it's here. Yes, yeah. You pulled up in a pickup truck. I don't know why I'm surprised that a guy from Texas would be driving a <laughs> pickup truck, but I, I sort of was. It's a 
perfect for the Manitoba winter or what? Oh, yeah, most definitely. The tires for the snow, uh, the potholes and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's, it's the perfect truck for me and my family during the winter times for sure. So how was it uh, spending uh, most of the winter here? You, you settle in okay? Oh, yeah, I settled in very well. It was rough <laughs> at the beginning, but, you know, once you got used to it and – I got my daughter uh, doing a lot of activities and things like that during the winter time, so we were in and out the house uh, a lot doing things with her, so it, it was enjoyable. But when we weren't out doing activities and things like that with her, we were stuck in the house looking at the snowfall and pile up in our backyard. Do we give you enough space here? I, you know, I don't want to bring up Saskatchewan ever, but I know once upon a time, that, that's part one of the challenges of playing in a smaller market is the fact that when you're out in the community, as much as you love the interaction, sometimes it's tough to get your own time, your own space when you're out in public and doing your own thing. Do we give you enough space here in Winnipeg to do that? Yeah, I'm saying I do get I do get some space, but you know it's it, it it's nice. I can say that. Like you know, I do get the typical uh, family or the little kids or just like a fan in general walking up to me. And, random places and things like that want to uh, ask for a picture or autograph and things like that while I'm with my family and things like that and it is awkward sometimes but it is done in a way where it is somewhat respectable so you you know sometimes I, I ask not to be you know bothered and things like that when it's like those kind of moments but sometimes like I don't mind you know like I was just asked yesterday when I was in the uh, supermarket just grocery shopping for <laughs> snacks for the boys uh, in the meeting room and like a couple of people uh, saw me in there and knew it was like training camp time and things like that want to take a picture and I had no problem taking pictures of what's on the snack list like if you're grocery shopping is this for the team you're referencing like to oh this is just for the, just, just for the for defensive you? line just yeah. for the defensive line in the meeting rooms and things like that like after practice when we go in and watch meetings when Guys are getting a little hungry before lunch and, you know, just, like, can't settle in and just want something to snack on. So I just got, like, uh, a bunch of chips, uh, like the all-dressed chips because, like, a lot, a lot of the guys from, from the state so, hey? so, right. so they don't have all-dressed. <laughs> so I got them now. I got the, the sunflower seeds for sure, uh, barbecue, the sweet chili, uh, salt and pepper, um uh, what else? I got, I got candy, got Twix, got the Reese's. See, here I was thinking it would be like healthy gummy snacks, bears. like oh, veggies no. and oh, things. No, like, no, 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 we got to no. do yeah, salt. We, got, we, we have all that uh, at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, so. so you walked up here with a big smile on your face, and, you know, camp is here. So after the long winter, to head into the stadium this week and get things going, what, like, how, is this a, a feeling like a birthday, Christmas day for you to get started? Oh, I'm saying it's, it's the typical first day of school, you know, summer vacation, you know, guys like summer vacation and then, you know, getting away with your family and things like that. And then now you get a chance to come back to a place where you're familiar, uh, where you've done a lot of great things and you get the chance to see your friends and things like that, that that went off and did the same thing that you did. Like enjoyed your summer mm -hmm. and now it's time to get back to work and the guys are on the same page with the same mindset. And it's it's fun, you know, with the coaching staff and, you know, the training staff and all the players that are returning and the new guys uh, jumping in and trying to make their name for themselves. It's uh, it's a lot of competition, but it's a lot of uh, a lot of teaching and a lot of learning going on. And the veterans are doing their part to help the young guys. And it's fun. And as, as far as the exercise goes in the off season, like, do you do you allow yourself a break where you just don't work out for a couple of weeks or a month, or do you just like does it not never stop? 
Oh no, you can you 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 give yourself some time to relax and just unwind and you know just uh just be with your friends and family and just you know get away from the sport for a little bit. So like for the guys in the CFL, they typically take like you know the season ends in November. Uh, after the Grey Cup, but then the guys before that, you know, typically November. So you usually take December, January off, and then like you know, like the, the uh, Super Bowl is usually uh, at the beginning of February. So you watch the Super Bowl, and then right after the Super Bowl, that's when you pretty much started train. Like you pretty much start ramping it up to start training for a good three months, three four months, and then you start training camp. What's it like, Willie? You mentioned all the familiar faces and the players that are clearly, clearly committed to being here in Winnipeg and to being together and to take another run at a great cup or two or three. Who knows what the magic number is? We'll let you guys decide that. But in terms of the work that Kyle Walters does to bring and keep this team together, and then you see Kenny Lawler put his hand up within moments of being available in free agency. I want to come back to Winnipeg. And then you got... You know, your kicker coming back from after a couple of years in Edmonton and Sergio. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that that's pretty special. You don't see that a lot in pro sport anymore. Well, I'm saying, like you like you hear a lot of the guys say, man, we built a, uh, we built a culture here. And then, like, those guys were, bought it, uh, were a part of building that culture. And, you know, uh, they know what it is to be here. They know what it's like to be here. They know what it's like to be in that locker room with the coaching staff and the guys. And those two guys are leaders on the team so you know i'm pretty sure they wanted to get back to uh you know what i'm saying being that with their guys in the system that they're comfortable with in in a city that they that, that they love and that's that loves them so yeah man come on down to winnipeg so when you say that when you talk about the locker room just the feeling that you have there is it a space where you can your friend you're obviously friends and you get along but also you have the room to call each other out or point things out when you need to when there's time to improve and I like that healthy set of criticism, or do you just know when you need to step up and do better? Oh, that's it's a little bit of both. Like uh, the room that we have, like it's 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 not uh, a judgmental room. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody nobody's gonna punch you. Nobody's gonna like you know what I'm saying set you apart and try to you know just tell you by yourself like you need to do better. Like you know, as a player on this team, you know what I'm saying, watching the film, watching everybody else go out there and play their hardest and do their best to, you know, perform for the team, for the fans and things like that, that you know you need to do better. And then when we get in the, uh, when we're in the meeting rooms and things like that, getting coached, it's, you know, taking that coaching and, you know what I'm saying, going back and looking at yourself in the mirror and knowing that next day you got to come out here and you have to, you know what I'm saying, perform. You have to do better. And then, you know, the guys that we have, Dembski, you know what I'm saying, Stan, Yosh, the offensive line, Zach, the wide receiver core, you know what I'm saying, everybody – does their part to you know come out here every day and perform and you know as a defense we we love to go against those guys and love to compete and you know, so all we want to do is sharpen our swords even better got a food question for you i was thinking about those all dressed chips and one of the things that we used to ask you the bombers all the time but we'd always end our interviews with what's your favorite sandwich do you have a favorite sandwich my favorite sandwich yeah like it would go to sandwich oh chicken bacon ranch oh that's a good one. Do you put chips in the sandwich? Because that's what <laughs> so, I I have to put chips in the sandwich. So, Leggett, Leggett so, used to put the chips in the sandwich. Mo Leggett. That yeah, was a so, secret so, ingredient. So I like my chicken bacon ranch sandwich like just like that because it's, you know, 
But uh, when I make when I make my you know like the ham and cheese or the you know turkey and cheese sandwich and things like that, like lunch type sandwiches and stuff like that, I love to put like you know chips and stuff like Lay's <laughs> and barbecue chips and stuff like that in it just to you know give it a little flavor and stuff. So yeah, nice. See, important I've never even tried that. You what? just want the crunch. You got it. Thank you. Yeah. I know. Like, you I don't know why throw I have it. In. I think it's because I can't have potato chips in my home. Because as soon as that bag is opened, they are gone in like five minutes. Are they a weakness, Willie? The chips? Is that a weakness yeah, for you? Yeah. Well, that's why you get the little chips. That's why you get the little bags. <laughs> like the Halloween. The Halloween. <laughs> yeah, you get. See, yeah. I, I, when I go to the store, I never buy. I never. Let me say never. So <laughs> when I go to the store, I usually buy the party bag of chips because right. I have I have a little girl and you know like we like to snack and things like that. So. I always usually get like two or three bags of that. So, you know, I always typically run through the barbecue and the all dressed chips. My little girl, she loves the ketchup chips and then the uh Cheetos. Oh, she's Canadian. The, yeah, can and, be. The, and the Cheetos. <laughs> and then, you know, my wife usually eats the, the uh sun chips and things like that that comes in the bag. So we usually just run through them and then but if we were to get like the big bag, like I like the uh Miss Vicky's Ah, uh-huh. barbecue chips. Uh-huh. If I get the big bag of that, I'm usually just gonna eat the whole bag, like while we watching a movie or something like that. And then it, by tomorrow, it'll be just crumbs at the bottom. It's tough to beat those kettle chips. The texture. <laughs> it's all about the texture. It's very good. You're, you're our new chip correspondent. We'll come to you monthly for some chip and yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a I'm a fool guy, so you know I love to try new things. You're a well-rounded you know? individual, oh, yes, right? Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Well, Willie Jefferson joining us live on 680 CJOB. We broadcast outside IG Field. Thank you very much for stopping by, man. We I appreciate, appreciate you guys, it. man. I seen y'all in front, in front of the spot, so you know I had to come on and, <laughs> say, and say what's up. Y'all have a good day. I hope y'all enjoy yourself outside IG Field. Come on down. Willie Jefferson joining us live from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on 680 CJOB. <laughs> It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are broadcasting live from IG Field. The voice of the Blue Bombers is here. We'll say hello to Derek in a moment. But a text from Chris at 204-780-6868 who says, Hey, folks, how fitting that you're broadcasting from IG Field this morning. Because on Friday, I attended a customer's retirement party in Regina, and this included a tour of Mosaic Field, led by Zach Evans. Gorgeous facility. Zach is a fantastic guy. However, my Blue Bomber senses were on high alert as we <laughs> toured enemy territory. I kept thinking about how sweet a great cup celebration in their locker rooms would have been last season. Mm, and that's a, blue. That's a gorgeous locker room. And boy, did that. Oh, I just had a little twinge of a stomachache when i said that that didn't feel good to say that out loud dt but that that locker room that whole that whole players area at mosaic field crazy you know the the uh the theater that they have for media meetings and uh media presentations etc absolutely spectacular Derek taylor voice of the blue bombers here when you were in the locker room did you go to the barber shop in the locker room and get the haircut I did not. Was I, anybody doling out haircuts after the Great Cup loss? There were no haircuts. Ah. It was a lot of side eye and a lot of uh, staring at the ground because even the players who notoriously love to be in front of a camera or a microphone were not very yeah. talkative after that game. And we didn't get a chance to ask Willie 
about whether or not the results of that Grey Cup game are going to be in, you know, a, a part of the conversation heading into training camp and at the beginning of tra- training camp and whether or not that's going to be inspiration this year. But you can't help but imagine that it will be. Yeah, I would think so. Willie uh, talked to him about it yesterday. That was one of the topics of conversation on the opening day is, have you watched the Grey Cup? Do you keep watching the Grey Cup? What do you, what do, you do with that? And Willie said, you know, we put it behind us. Coach O'Shea says uh, it should have been fuel for the off season. By now, he told us on Sunday, now it should have been burned off, mm-hmm. right? And now we get back to work because it's a new team. It's not an entirely new team. There's 21 of 24 starters back from the Grey Cup game. Uh, so a lot of guys will remember but, hands up if you were alive during the greatest era in Bombers history, 58-62. to 62. Okay, nobody at the t- table. <laughs> uh, the greatest era in Bombers history, 1-58, 1-59, yep. lost the Grey Cup in 1960, and then won in 61 and 62. So these Bombers on pace to match the greatest era in Blue Bomber history. So it's not a let it go thing for them. It's more of a let it just be in the back back of your mind. Don't you let it be top of mind. Yeah, like they lost four football games all of last year. Right. right? They were 16-4 and four in 20 games last year. Just the one happened to be the weird Grey Cup when their superstar quarterback was injured. In the uh, he Zach, remember, hurt his foot in the West Final, and by the grace of a plate in his foot, he was able to go in the Grey Cup, and he played okay. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it just doesn't happen for you. So they're, they're back. Guys are pretty focused. I talked to Dietrich Nichols. He's like, yeah, no, I watched it. It, uh, it wasn't a great game. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, we, yeah. we move on because it's a new season. Athletes have to have – it's funny. You know, we expect them to learn from their mistakes, for them to carry a grudge, for them to, you know, do, win one for the Gipper – <laughs> or to yeah. make up for what happened last year. But at the same time, maybe more importantly, you have to have a very short memory when it comes to athletics because you, you can't think about the previous play. Yeah, You can't think about first down on second down when you got even if you got burnt for a, a long pickup or a long play or you fumbled the ball the next time you handle the ball. You can't be thinking about that. It, it's an interesting contrast. Yeah, it's one of the reasons I never became a pro athlete because I, I labor <laughs> on things way too much. One of the reasons. I said one. <laughs> not to laugh there. I was like, so that's, that's not, the reason that's there? Not the one. Not <laughs> purely psychological, yeah. right, DT? One of 40 is still one. Uh, just because I still think of the broadcast last year where I couldn't, I couldn't get Janarian Grant's name out of my mouth, the, the opening kickoff. And that was like week four in BC. And I, ah, I'm such a moron. I can't let stuff go. But these guys, you have to be good at it. Like, uh, hands up if you watch Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Got to be a goldfish. Yep. Ten-second memory. Exactly. Or 60-second memory, whatever it was, right? You, you just have to because there's, a, there's 160 plays in a game. And if you got torched on the last one, well, you better not get torched on this one. So just get back to it and focus. And, and Coach O'Shea and the, and the crew are very good on just – just focus on your job on this play, and we'll be good. Focus on this game. We lost the Great Cup. Sure, fine, it happened. Let's move on because, hey, by the way, nudge, nudge, the Bombers are the favorite to win the Great Cup this year. So pace of training camp so far, what's it look like from the outside? It was good. So there were three days of rookie camp. They took Saturday off, and then Sunday was the first day for all of the veterans. And, man, whenever the veterans show up, you hear Jamarcus Hardrick hooting and hollering. Like They, were at, they had their opening little part where they – kind of get together and do they're in groups they do little drills but then they all come together and man they were excited like roars coming up and jamarcus hardrick is kind of the emotional yelling leader of this team so it's it's it was really nice there was i mean there was a lot dalton shown they have a drill where 
you set up a pylon on the goal line and the 25-yard line, and you go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until you've done 300 yards. So you're back and forth six times. It looks exhausting from there, from upstairs, <laughs> much less how it would be for the players. Dalton shown just fully busting it, like just sprinting like he's running away from zombies. Like it's just unbelievable <laughs> how much he was pumping it on day number one. Brandon Alexander, the same thing. You go, oh, these guys are, oh yeah, they're they're ready. This this looks so all right. Because I would have thought to interrupt here, like mm. from the outside looking in, you'd think, oh, the veterans coming in don't need to be busting it that hard because they've proven themselves, but they're proving themselves in a different way maybe to them. Yeah. They're and, ready for it. And to be fair, some of them don't bust it because right. they are veterans and they're on extended. Uh, I, I, we, we feel like Zach Kalaris and Drew Brown kind of had a deal with one another. We're like, don't go too, run hot, run fast, but don't go, <laughs> don't go too fast, right? There's certainly some of that, but you just watch Dalton and he's, his head's popping back and forth and his arms are pumping. And you're like, okay, well, this is a guy who was the leading receiver in the league last year, was the rookie of the year last year, and look at him get after it in year number two. That's really that's really nice. There's Nick Dembski banging as well. Willie Jefferson couldn't wait to get in the 300s, and I looked at him like, you no, that sounds awful. 32 years old, and he's champing at the bit to Ex get in the 300s. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So it was really great to see, and, uh, there was no Adam Big Hill. He was on the sideline during practice. Of course, you guys probably talked about Kyrie Wilson in sports. Uh, he was there, but he won't play for the first six games as he comes back from his Achilles. But, yeah, it was. Uh, it, there was a lot of excitement, let's say. Uh, before we let you go, are there any players? We saw Carlton Agadosi walk in here this morning, and, you know, he's almost unmistakable, his six foot six frame, and he comes striding in, and he was one of the first players in, and he made an incredible impact and an impression, I should say, in, in his only game with the Blue Bombers Week this six. year before getting injured again, unfortunately. Obviously, that's going to be something he's going to have to shake, that idea of, you know, injured again. Yeah. But is he one of those players, and are there any others you're keeping an eye on that could really potentially make an impact? Come from the sort of come from the back of the pack to to make an, an impact on the team this year. Are there any openings? Well, Agadosi is one because he plays the same spot that Rashid Bailey does, and Rashid Bailey's in. But there's a new rule this year that I will not go into where you could get Carlton into the game and have him play some reps, and you go, oh, okay. That's, that's an, a, a move they wouldn't normally make, but will they utilize this new rule because Carlton, two touchdowns in week six versus Calgary, then broke his ankle getting rolled up on next week in Edmonton. Um, Jamal Parker is another one I would watch. Uh, Jamal is, is noted for being quite small. He's five foot eight, and he probably goes, I'd have to check, 170, 180 pounds, but they have him on the, with the first-team defensive backs at halfback. Uh, he's a guy who came in through injury last season but was there with the, with the number ones on defense, so we'll, uh, we'll watch that. That defensive backfield, that back six, I feel like th three of those spots, I know where they're going to be. The other three, if you're down at camp, be, be watching for, oh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Demario Houston leaks back in there. But uh, Jamal Parker is one I would want to watch, but Carlton Agadosi is the one. There's going to have to be some maneuvering because he's an American and there's a lot of Americans. But, man, they need to, in my mind, have him on the roster because he was unbelievable in that Calgary game here. Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Derek, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Make sure you tune in to CJOB Sports for Derek's training camp reports through oh. the week. When does the coach's show start? Coach show in June. Yeah, after the final preseason game. All right. 
Exciting. That's right. The coaches show. I knew there was something like I'm, there should be saying something else here. What else is there? I can't remember. Greg will know. I didn't write it down, so I just thought about it just now. So. And we got to tell you about something else that's exciting, Loren. They, they told us about a really exciting event that's coming up here at IG Field. Yeah, so this is next Thursday, May 25th, and they're giving you a chance. You can uh, talk to some players, some of the Blue Bombers legends of past in what they're calling a sip, stroll, and sample, and socialize night. And so it's a taste of the Blue Bombers event. This is the first ever, and they're going to get local restaurants to compete to prepare the best game day fair. And if you buy tickets to this, you get a chance to taste these dishes but also vote on what you think is your favorite if you're a season ticket holder 85 bucks if you're not 105 dollars you can get your tickets today at 204-784-7448 and we might have maybe some more questions for carol about that carol the greatest customer service person the city has ever seen. Yeah, pretty darn close, From the Blue I would Bombers say. office will join us just after 9. What Wade Miller and I were reminiscing about the good old days of Taste of Manitoba. Some of you may remember that event down at Memorial Park back in the day. 50 or so of Winnipeg's best restaurants in a 12 by 12 booth mm-hmm. serving three or four different dishes and an opportunity to sample all of them. It was incredible. So it'll be sort of set up in that same fashion here on the concourse at IG Field. Seventeen degrees at the forks outside six eighty CJOB. Although I don't believe it. I'm still cold. <laughs> but we're having a great morning here broadcasting live outside IG Field and our question of the day at cjob.com is for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. And it has to do with the very reason we are here. Now that Blue Bomber training camp is underway, how excited are you for football season? So cast your vote at cjob.com. We've been referring to her all morning. She's a legend around these here parts, Mr. Mackling. Who is sitting with us? Well, she was a fan first, season ticket holder, I think, since 1970, and uh, has followed this team through thick and thin and a move east and a move back. And it's funny how sometimes your passion in life outside of work becomes your work. If you've never spoken to her, um, you're missing out. She is truly a friend of uh, Blue Bomber fans, that, that family of thousands that are Blue Bomber fans, ticketing and fan services manager carol barrett good morning carol good morning thank you for coming out isn't it a lovely morning it's a perfect manitoba morning because it's you know by the time this afternoon rolls around we're going to be shedding our hoodies and we're going to be complaining that it's too hot um you've been through a lot of ups and downs as a fan and working with this team since 2005 so just give us a little bit of a of a rundown of of how you came to fall into this uh, position where you're absolutely beloved. Well, I actually started out as a volunteer when we first moved back to Winnipeg in 2005. My lovely younger brother and his wife thought it was a great opportunity for me to talk to people. See, I talk to people a lot. And so I started doing that, and then a position came open in ticketing. They needed some help to get through uh, a renewal program. So I said, yeah, sure. I don't know what I'm doing, but I can figure it out. And the rest is history. So I've proven on many times that everything is fixable. So, yeah. And uh, the people are the greatest. Well, I love that you say people are the greatest because we were talking last, I think it was just last week, about customer service 
on the show and your name came up over and over again from listeners texting in with examples of Carol at the bomber's office being like exemplary for customer service. And at a time when I think it feels like when you call customer service for help, you don't get that help. And yet here you are, uh, beloved by everybody. How do you keep I don't know if sanity is the right word, but <laughs> when people call and complain or have questions or concerns, that can be hard to be on the receiving end of that. Yeah. And not that you get lots of complaints, but just even the queries. Yeah. Well, you just have to remember it's not personal. Um, where it becomes personal is where it starts to hurt. So I take it as, oh, yeah, that's a good point. I can get better. We can get better and, and just go from that. Um, yeah, you just you try to make that person's day. Um very few people hang up on me. I've had a few, but um, I've also been known to call them back and say, I think we got disconnected. So <laughs> sort of take the wind out of the you know, kite. But um, overall, I think it's really important to remember it's not personal. And um, I'm very fortunate that the management team we have really listens and uh, they just roll their eyes a little bit when I come up and say, guess what? I just got a call about and they go, oh, Carol. And then we do we do find resolution, maybe not immediately or as quickly as we'd like, but um, I guess the big thing is um, the opening of the new stadium taught me patience um, because if you read back when we opened up the old stadium that we all love so much, uh, she had tons of problems as well. They had no parking, they had no roads, they had no seats, they had all of that stuff. Well, that's why when you build a new stadium, you wait until everybody who opened up the last one is dead because then they can't tell you what went wrong. So, um, yeah. <laughs> No, seriously, right? Nobody was alive for that, sure. right? So um, that's where it just becomes part of who you are. Do you think, like, your love of the team helps with that, too, when the customer's listening to you? Because they get that you're not just saying this. Is this not my job? You know, because you can call, like, a vacuum company, for example. Does that person even use the vacuum and get why you're calling with your question or concern? But you love the team. Yes. And, and that must come through in the call. Yeah, it, it's that. And uh, they know that I know football. I mean, I'm not a Kyle or anything but I understand football and I think the biggest thing is as a fan who's lived through good bad and ugly um, I know how it feels to be sitting in the stands and just getting your butt kicked but I also know how it feels to watch people who had weren't born the last time we won a great cup standing in in Calgary and Hamilton with tears running down their faces and just going what do I do now Caroline what grab a beer have fun just <laughs> scream yeah do what what feels comfortable right so that's just what it is about being a fan. So. so manager of ticketing and fan services. So what kind, like, give me a couple of examples of, you know, what sort of fan services would somebody call you for? Um, the kicker missed. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> like they have to call you the kicker missed? Yeah, Kyle doesn't always answer his phone. <laughs> So, yeah, those, I mean, it can range from anything, right? That, you know, a fan ambassador really helped them or a fan ambassador didn't help them or, you know, and you just try to probe and get more information and then um, they'll they'll call you back for sure if they, they feel good about it or bad about it. Then, what yeah, do you so. say about when it's a player question? Oh, I just give them my opinion and tell them that, unfortunately, I wasn't in the last player coaches meeting, so I wasn't able to really help. <laughs> I guess I should get more serious. I don't know. But <laughs> I bet like, you that diffuses it. Sounds right? like a Disneyland answer. Like, they never say no at Disneyland. They, they politely find a way to let you know that the request you've made is absolutely unfulfillable, but you somehow walk away with a smile on your face. And, uh, and, I, and I get the impression that that's what goes on here. But when you talk about the fans of this football team, it really is a family 
and that was you know in Regina last year that was obviously a tough loss to take but in terms of how this culture has turned around Mike and I were talking about this a, a, a little bit off air this morning we've spoken so much about how Wade and Kyle and, and, and Coach O'Shea have ushered in this new era of culture in the locker room but there's a different culture around this entire organization. Is that fair to presume? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, since Wade's come on board, um, it's fan first, and we all believe in it. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're the housekeeper or whether you are in ticketing. Um, we treat each fan, as I say to my team, when somebody calls or somebody comes in, that's the first person that you're going to deal with today. So that's who you deal with. You don't talk about what happened previous you just deal with that person right there and then and they all laugh and I said one day you're going to know all your fans names and they just and then everyone's all to come Carol I recognize the guy <laughs> and like good that's good is it yeah yeah you know that kind of stuff so it's just realizing how important eye contact is and um, smiling and just having fun I learned just off air from my guys and engineer who's on scene with us that you were put on the jumbotron last summer was it and got a standing ovation from tens of thousands of people here at IG field uh, just before we let you go, what did that feel like? Because you probably don't go in it for the accolades, Carol, but... No, not at all. Um, yeah, actually, it was my 70th birthday, uh, which is really very embarrassing. But, yeah, so, yeah, it was kind of, I didn't see it. They pushed me out of fan services and said, look, there you are. And I went, oh, God, and I went back in. <laughs> so I have no idea. Um, yeah, so it was pretty special. Um, my birthday is around um, Banjo Bowl, so a lot Perfect. of times uh, when we've had Banjo Bowl on my birthday, we've always won, so that's always been a really good thing for me. Um, so, yeah, it's you know, it was kind of cool, and I mean, my friends and family thought it was really neat. Do you get recognized when you go out? We asked Willie Jefferson this about being yeah. in the mall or whatnot. Do you, do you get, there's Carol from the bomber's office. Actually, what happened one time was we were in Hawaii and um, somebody went up, came up to us in and Hawaii. went, Carol! And, I, and my husband just goes, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he would rather me talk to a, a turtle sometimes because, yeah, yeah, in the malls, yeah, it does happen a lot. So it's, yeah, it's fun. Carol Barrett is ticketing and fan services manager for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live at IG Field. Carol, thank you for this. You're welcome. Thank you. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have two tickets to give away for Shania Twain, Tuesday, November 7th, Canada Life Centre. She was here last night, right? That's right. Yeah. The for, for the round one. So round two is in November. And normally we, we ask you to text us and wait, join our fun conversation. But we're kind of limited today with what we have access to in terms of technology. So we can access a text line on our phones, but it's a little cumbersome to do it that way. Although I was able to pull one up here from Craig, who's uh, got a nice one actually about Shania Twain, saying, first of all, good morning, Triple M. Hope that you're having a wonderful Monday at IG Field. Now, when you mention Shania Twain, I remember back when my daughter was just two she would put on her cowboy boots or cowboy hat and dance around the living room to shania twain she's now 29 has a child of her own who tends to dance around naked as well to the tune of the uh, the rock singing 
thank you, but I think I should probably buy my kids some Shania Twain tickets to bring back some memories <laughs> to her. As always, have a fabulous day. Love That's it. cute. That's super cute. Who doesn't like to dance around when you're young or old? And Shania's a great concert. I went in Ottawa, terrible place to watch a concert because the fans there don't like to stand up. But the music was wonderful. <laughs> she was great. You know, I don't, I don't like being told to sit down on any given day, let alone when I'm at a concert. But yep. she was wonderful to hear. So we're giving away tickets. Caller who answers first, correct. First, yeah, the first please. person to know the answer. First person to answer correctly this question. Shania is not her real name. Mm-hmm. What is her real name? Give just us a shout. Not just the first name or the full name? Let's, Let's make it with, hard. Yeah, full name. Full if name. You're, if you're a fan, you know this. 204-780-6868. What is Shania Twain's real name? And uh, Loren was sitting here. We just decided, like, what, 90 seconds ago, how we were going to give away these tickets. And I think it sort of slipped your mind, as did our weather sponsor. Even though I've got it open here on my phone, I'm looking at it right now. Our weather was brought to you by St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center, helping you grow beautifully at 2901 St. Mary's Road. Jeff Forche? Apologies, my friend. It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are broadcasting live outside IG Field as Blue Bomber Training Camp is underway. Today's action starts at 10.15. 10.15 this morning. I think the gates are already open, but they ask you to come in through the Blue Bomber store, if I'm not mistaken. No, can we go through the gate there? Do you know, Jeff? Or Mike? No, you don't. No, know. not yet. Um, there's just a tour coming through, so that's why the gates are open uh, right that's now. Why the but gates are open. Forche, do you Ten know? minutes before uh, practice. Starts. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Come on, Forche. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the meantime, as we celebrate some of the things we love about Winnipeg, one of the people we love most from Winnipeg who has had quite the adventurous life is here, Greg. Yeah, Shirley Peters joins us now. Deshir Lodge in. Tanzania, as I think I once said. <laughs> or Tanzania. And I wonder if I can beat the Bombers today at 10-15. Someday I'll come here for a game, but I think... I think you should. You're all dressed in blue and gold. So. And you come in here like a whirling dervish. You're I just a bundle so. of energy. We'd love to see you. Welcome home, Shirley. Great to see all of you guys again, too. This is wonderful. Tell us about Deshir Lodge and, and the connection to Winnipeg. Your and Daryl's love story is, I mean... Oh, my, my goodness. goodness. The love story. I basically told my husband when I met him, anyone I met who might want me, do you want to go to Africa? No, 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 no. And him, he said yes. And so he got stuck. It's in the prenup. So he's <laughs> with me forever. And he always tells me, I built you a lodge. I brought you to Africa. Someday we want to have zebra on that land. Winnipeg is our big base because this is where all, I'd say 95%, probably saying that wrong. My math man's not here. But this is where all our support comes from. Mostly is Winnipeg, Manitoba. And, uh, yeah, we have an amazing place on 32 acres of land, and now we've built a non-charitable health center. We brought water six kilometers down the mountain. Hasn't been done in 60 years. Clean water for people. For Our goal is always women, children, and elderly, and help the poor. So this money can't be bought, even if you're rich. It can't be bought. This is not going to your homes. It's going to people who need it most. And uh, so to think, imagine building during COVID a health center. First of all, to keep our staff going, Everyone here from Winnipeg, and you all know who you are, our alumni and people who have come, or those who are coming even send, gave money to help our staff during Corona. 
and uh, help with their salaries. Then during that time, we thought we'll just rest for a year. Um, over half a million dollars was given without charity status. And some of them actually wound up getting that later. We didn't know the government would do that. And we built a health center on the other side of our lodge on the land. And all those people that are getting help, we delivered our first baby. We really shouldn't because wow. we don't have the maternity ward done yet. But uh, it is Winnipeggers and this home base and this family of people. Kudos to them because they support Daryl and I, friends, uh, family, and uh, all the Deshir guests that have come to our lodge. We provide them with the most amazing trips of either climbing Kilimanjaro. I met a bunch of policemen the other day in Ontario, and I said, why don't all you young, good-looking, fit guys, younger than me, get a group together and come and climb Kilimanjaro together? And he loved that, so I gave him a bunch of business cards. It just was a moment that happened. And so we plan Kilimanjaro climbs. I've tried. I've made it almost all the way to the top, but to the last base camp, Daryl and our son made it to the top, and many of our guests have. We have 95% success rate. And so we do that. We do safaris. You hear about the Great Serengeti. Welcome to the Great Serengeti. We plan your trip from the minute you land. My husband has your tips in your hand, your thing all planned. If you go to Zanzibar, do excursions. You literally every night are told what you're doing the next day, and you get to have a holiday. So we do Serengeti. We do the Serengeti Plains, Ngorogoro Crater, um, the famous Terengeti with baobab trees and elephants. So we have an amazing package we put together, and... You know what? We just want to share the love for Africa. If you've well, ever heard Jamie Oliver's. Like, where did your love for Tanzania come from? Oh, it wasn't always Tanzania. We, I went to Zambia first mm -hmm. alone. Then I went to Botswana with our kids and Daryl. We sold everything but our three kids and took eight suitcases and took off to Tanzania. There is no turning back. I know our family needs us. There are things in life that happen. But that is our home. That is our heart. And we have 40 people we take care of. How do you cross over after 13 years this August and turn around and come back, sorry, to minus 40 Winnipeg. That's not happening. <laughs> but there's something about, I mean, I, I spent some time in the Zimbabwe, and I've had people tell me that there's, and it's very true, uh, you mentioned your heart is there. There's something that really draws you in, like a rhythm, and then you feel connected long after you've left. Do you know, if you will come, and I'm expecting you guys to come one day, because I tell Daryl, when are they coming? When are they coming? Maybe we have to bring you. We do well, and we bring you. But I want to tell you something. We have guests when I return in June coming with their friends, 14 of them this time, this is their third time. Many of our mm. guests have come two, three, four times. And when they see our Deshir family, it's a family. Businessmen will say, no, that's your team. No, that's your staff. I said, no, it's like I gave birth to all of them. I love them all. I'm in charge of all their health. If you need a surgery, I shouldn't even be talking about that. I don't want that live. Those are private things. But I take care of my team. Mm -hmm. I take care of the family that we have. That's why they got our backs and they take care of us. So, I mean, we have an they come there and go, they really love you and you really love them. Well, you know what they don't know and don't get? It's God. But you don't say that. It's just, we love God. They love God. We have people who never leave us unless we ask you to leave because things in life might not, you might not have, you have consequences to your choices, mm -hmm. all of us. You know, so I mean, it gets in your blood. Africa gets in your blood. The rhythm, the love of our Deshir family. When people stand in our morning circle before they tour the health center, it's like they're there and they think, wow, this is community. And that's why we're there. It's for sharing. We want people from the Western world to get a bigger worldview. We also want you to come and share in that love of Africa that we have. And then it translates. You don't expect people to come two, three times. Once is quite expensive and enough. And so we're thinking, wow, you're coming back a third mm -hmm. time because they love us. So the support we have, who does that in Corona? 
We were willing to just sit on the land and just wait out a year and all of us survive and just pray to God none of us die. And we didn't. And we're all healthy and strong. And remember, the drugs come to Canada first. They don't come mm -hmm. to Africa. Okay? We got that last. And that's okay. We were prepared for anything. We were also all prepared to even die together if need be. And the more money we make, I say this to people, no matter what economic status you are, the more we make, the more we give away. You have a dream of a house. You have a dream of owning land. You have a dream I've taught people English or to drive car. Whatever your dream is, we want to raise you out. Be raising you up, not a handout white man down. Do you know what I mean? We love Africa. What can I say? So you want to share your love of Africa. you got a couple of info sessions happening this week, tomorrow and Wednesday at Holiday Inn West. So what, what kind of stuff will people be learning when they come to see you for these? Oh, Daryl, where art thou? Where are you, Daryl? <laughs> <laughs> I just give the color commentary. No, what's going to happen is at, boy, if I don't get this right, at 6.30, um, people will start coming, alumni. Um, and then at 7 o'clock, other people to come in. And 7.30 is my presentation. They're going to learn what kind of package tours we have. And I all want you to know, you know I'm the party. He's the plan. There will be Daryl on the screen. He has worked countless hours. He's in the bottom corner talking. <laughs> I interject. And because people are going to want to know money. People are going to know what our packages are, what we offer. Literally, from the minute you land, you can compare with anyone else because we don't have an agent. So when you land on the ground, we take care of you, pick you up. If you go to Zanzibar, if you climb Kili, till the moment you go back to Canada. We take care of everything on the ground in Tanzania. Not if you fly into Nairobi or have to take a shuttle or do other things or you want to go to Cape Town or South Africa. And here's something people have to always know. You make your own group. You three come together or with your families, you're together. We do not put groups together. We're mid to higher range. We want you. You're alone with the driver. So if it's me and Daryl, we're alone with our driver. I want to see lions. You want to see birds. I don't, I don't wait on you with your birds or you with your lions. Do people choose birds over lions? Possibly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They Possibly. Know. <laughs> I know there's lots some of them have charts there. Some of them have charts I, to do a hundred and a checklist. Sorry. I think my husband's a birder already. We have lots of species on our land. Land, of course, he would interject and say how many. He should have been on live with us to interject <laughs> where I don't know. No, but it's for everybody's interest, right? It's tailored yes. for what you yeah. want to do. But I'm just saying, people always say, will you form our group? Will you do this? No, we won't. So if you come tomorrow night, and many are, alumni will come. People in Ontario said, why are you all here when you've been to this year? And someone <laughs> yelled out, we came to hug Shirley. And so that's what we're all about. We're trying, people get connected to us and they come back or they send their friends. But no, you got to plan your own. So we will let you know the entire breadth of things, how much it costs, what you need to know. A matter of fact, during my question and answer, I think I had two questions. That's how planned my husband is. Me? while there'd be a few diversions off the road and detours <laughs> and whatever. I'm the life, but I'm just saying, we have an amazing life, you guys. It's hard. You're often pulled by family. In the heart, you're often pulled. Elderly parents, you're often pulled in different directions, but it's not about guilt. We've crossed over. And when you come and you see what we have, you won't want to leave. And we have people who travel the world, 40 countries, and they say, I've never experienced this. It's community. It's love. It's the love of Africa. It's the respect. They treat you like kings and queens. You don't even sit down and their coffee is give, given to you. It's very humbling. So that's why it's good for me to be here and be the mom or with my kids or do things because, or family, because... I'm always served. And so often when they're going home, I'll wake up early, make them their coffee, pray with them, and serve them. This is not, I'm a colonialist, I'm the white person, I'm getting rich off white people's backs, I'm not getting rich, and I don't care if I lose it all, but I'll tell you, we have an amazing family that we do life with, and if it was horrible, 
I would have long moved back here already. Mm -hmm. It's just too special to break away from, even though we're often pulled in different directions. So your world here is a very, very different world. And every time I step off the plane, I feel that. But Winnipeg, Winnipeg is home. And it always will be, no matter how cold, because we say it's friendly Manitoba, and it's true. We often say with our guests that are from here originally, you're Winnipegger living elsewhere. And uh, we always feel that when we see you, Shirley. I think this is about 10 years now. Your energy level is just going up, up, and <laughs> oh, up. Oh, so is my age and the other thing. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think it's having an impact in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Not so. at my party, but my, my, my husband's an athlete, and he does miss the Bombers. He does miss the hockey. And he wears all the hats proudly and different paraphernalia or shares them. It looks funny seeing in Africa with the Winnipeg Jets or Winnipeg Blue Bomber. I, I look and I go... Do you even know what that is you're wearing today? <laughs> they go, but I know it's from your city, and they're happy. That's just cool. Even Canada shirts are a big deal. You know, I'm, don't bring Canada shirts on a million people. What they really need is help for schooling sure. and funds and life. But this health center and the many people from Winnipeg that have given, I mean, we have people that we meet once that will drop a lot with no charity status and, with, and said, here's the land to go buy that health center. And they want no tax receipt with no strings attached. There aren't going to be all kinds of placards all over. DashirLodgeAndSafaris.com. The info sessions are happening tomorrow and Wednesday, May 16, 17, Holiday Inn, Airport West, 2520 Portage Avenue, starting at 6.30 for the meet and greet, and then Shirley's presentation at 7.30, followed by a and a <laughs> No! It doesn't have to end at nine. You'd be impressed. I ended at eight minutes to nine in Ontario. Shirley Peters, what a pleasure to see you. Thanks for, thanks for coming to see us today at IG Field. Wonderful to see all of you, and I hope the Bombers go. Bombers go. I wish I could see a game. Sometime we'll come in summer and experience that. Awesome.